92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Good morning, everybody, and happy Friday. As you may be able to tell, I am on the road. And uh, that, I have two immediate questions, Jeffrey. One is, uh, I've been told that the best part of the drive from Memphis to uh, Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth is the Bucky's in Denton City. Is that could that be the name of it? Royce City. No, I'm sorry. It's the Bucky's in Roy, the Buck. There's a Bucky's in Royce City. I was going to say there's. I, mean, I don't believe I've ever been to a Bucky's. Bucky. I've not been to Bucky's either. It is. I can't decide. People, people, people rave about. Yeah. So I can't decide though if it's a classic Texas thing in which people from Texas always rave about everything to the point where it becomes massively overinflated. With that said, I've heard good things about Bucky's. Well, if anyone has any advice for how best to take full advantage of the splendor of a Bucky's. Uh, I'll try to stop at a Bucky's at some point and, uh, and experience if I want to make sure I do the right thing. You know, do you eat the beer better pretzel or something? Or is there a... Uh, is there a I've always heard they have a, a very good brisket. Is a brisket at a Bucky's gas Correct. station stop? Uh, if anyone has any, you know, what, what, how best to take advantage of a Bucky's? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeff G O F underscore talker C A L K. So the second thing I I would ask you is if I am swept away in a flood in a minivan, okay, is that a bad way to go? Is it kind of gallant? Doing what I dying, doing what I love. Because what I put in uh, this morning, the route to Dickie's Arena, it said seven and a half hours with a flood warning, or nine and a half hours, avoid the flood warning. Obviously, we're going seven and a half. I don't think I left in time to avoid the flood warning. Let's be real. Even if you would have, there's no way you're going to take a route that adds two two hours. hours. Yes. Yeah, if you die, you die. Correct. And a flood warning, come on. Right? Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like... Like, you know, again, it's always a cost-benefit analysis. But, you know, just stay on the left lane. Stay on the – take the high road. And and, and if if it appears, you know, the water is up past my waist, don't try to drive through it. So, uh, anyway, that's what I'm doing today. I'm driving to the American Athletic Conference Tournament where the Memphis Tigers will play UCF this evening. And uh, and so that's where I I am headed. Uh, it was three years ago. I was this exact route when uh, when when COVID struck, and it turned around. Don't I do not foresee any such uh, uh, possibilities today happily. So, uh, uh, but anyway, so I will be uh, on the show uh, as my cell phone and not time allows, and Jeffrey will be handling other parts of the show. Uh, we got Jason. Smith today, we have Chris Harrington today, and then you got us. Um, it was a hell of a fun night last night, and 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 newsy and eventful and uh, dramatic and emotional 
and you get to pick your own adjectives night at FedEx Forum last night as the Grizzlies defeat the hated, the loathsome, the smug Golden State Warriors by 21 points. Uh, did it look fun on TV? It did. It, it, it really did. Um, obviously, with Grizzly games right now, you know, anytime you get to the fourth quarter with the lead, there's obviously some apprehension. Right. Some trepidation. Yes, exactly right. I felt like, though, even before they pulled Clay and Steph in the fourth quarter, it just kind of felt like the no apparent reason win for the Grizzlies. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, we, we have a lot to get through. Uh, we have some audio from Dylan Brooks. We have some audio from Draymond Green. Uh, we have comments about uh, – uh, we, 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 we can talk about what Taylor Jenkins said about John Moran and everything else. But I thought we'd start – can't really narrate these highlights because I'm sitting in a minivan careening across Arkansas. But we just give you a flavor. And I, I myself would like to hear how Eric narrated it. Great Eric Castle time. So here's a little bit of a flavor of what transpired at FedEx Month. Brooks drives, bounces for Tillman. Tillman into the right corner, Jones. He'll tee up another three. Oh, it's all over the place in FedEx Forum. Ring it up, put another three on the board. Tyus Jones hits his second, and it's 16-6 Grizz. Just great spacing and great ball movement. That's the way you beat this team. You're going to have to move the basketball. DiVincenzo on the logo just across midcourt. Finds Thompson inside the three-point line right wing. Conchar pokes it free, and the ball loose. And Brooks takes it away from Thompson. Drives and jams with two hands. Oh, what hustle. Brooks took it away. Thompson thought it would just go out of bounds, and Brooks making a hustle play right there. Curry into the front court, crosses over on Williams, gets in the lane at Aldama, spins it off the window, doesn't get it to go, hit the deck, no foul called. Five on three is Curry and Green, late to get back. Roddy ahead for Williams, he attacks and lays it up and in. It's a great job, great patience that time. Roddy did the right thing, forced the defense to commit, and Zaire just finished. Aldama to Bain, minute 18 remaining. Bain, top of the arc, to the right elbow, pull up 15-footer, got another one. Desmond Bain heating up here in this second quarter in the final few minutes, and now the inbounds pass for Thompson, stolen by Brooks. Brooks in at green, lays it up, lays it in. Bain pump fakes, gets by Thompson, feeds for Jackson. Jackson a two-handed hammer. Great drive and drop by Desmond Bain, and Jackson throws it down with two hands. Yeah, last couple of possessions, Eric. Offensively, great execution on both ends of the floor. Jones to Brooks, left corner Conchar, tees up another three, ring it up, put three on the board, the left corner catch and shoot three, and Conchar has all eight of his points here in the third quarter. Dylan Brooks is assisted on all three made baskets. And good decisions by Dylan, Eric. I mean, making the, the right decision on the pass. Aldama knocks the rebound away, but it's picked up by Aldama, and the Grizzlies keep the possession. Bain, step back three, right sideline, ring it up. Put three on the board. Grizzlies hustling after the loose possession. They get the bucket, push the lead to nine as Desmond Bain hits his second triple. A lot of credit to Tillman. He's kept a lot of balls alive. Jackson had two steps on Jordan Poole. If Jones would have just thrown it towards the basket, it would have been a dunk, but... Better to be safe than sorry. Jones finds Jackson, and why not take a three instead? Ring it up. Put three on the board. Jaron Jackson Jr. pushes the lead back to 18. Jones ends up with his double-double, his 10th assist. Roddy to the left sideline for Kennard. Kennard drives back to Kenneth Lofton Jr. Tees up a three. Ring it up. Put three on the board. The first three in the career for Kenneth Lofton Jr. They desperate. I hear. I hear. Yeah, I hear something odd. Jeffrey. Okay, there you go. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, they uh, they desperately needed that. It, it was it was a desperately needed win. Uh, it felt good. I think for Grizzlies fans everywhere. Um, and it was a reminder that to me, um, uh, John has this. Issues, and we're going to get to those in a minute, obviously. Um, but this team is not like all of this outside poking around at the culture of this team, or the you know Kendrick Davis throwing, I mean uh, Kendrick Perkins throwing, uh, Jaron Desmond under the bus, and 
you know, need veteran. It, 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 it is a reminder that there's uh, some fiercely competitive people in that locker room and some talented people in that locker room. And um, I think we talked about yesterday that as, as calamitous as all this is right now, it seems highly unlikely they're going to fall, you know, past the four. And then we also get the news that Kevin Durant is out for, what, at least two, three weeks? I believe they were saying two to three weeks last night. Yeah. So, um, you know, who knows how it will play out. But uh, maybe, maybe don't just emotionally pull the plug on anything fun happening in the season um, because of, of everything bad that has happened in the last few weeks because something fun happened just last night, and it was it was a blast. Um, the two, the two sort of big themes or, or, or headline stories were Ja and Dylan Brooks, and we'll get to them in order. Um, Taylor Jenkins was asked before the game about Ja's potential return, and uh, it was an interesting. It was interesting. The the the, the most of the headlines were about his comments saying that they had talked to him before uh, this trip about some of his excesses, uh, but that it came to a head in Denver. Um, and so that was what most of the headlines were. I'll confess, I didn't think that was all that surprising. I thought that was pretty much self-evident, that they'd been worried and would talk to him about things. But until sort of the... The, the bottom drops out, and there are, he, he, he can understand the ramifications of, of what he's done. I think it's hard to get through. And it came, so, yes, it came to a head in Denver. To me, the more interesting comments really were about there are some steps and some things he needs to do uh, on his way to a return. Again, that stands to reason as well. But there's an idea that the club will require some things of him um, in terms of behavior um, before he can come back. And that is, in the end, a lot of talk about accountability and everything else. Well, those could be just words. I I don't think it's surprising, but I do think it's appropriate, don't you? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think the biggest problem in professional sports is how do you hold – players accountable when in reality your star players make more than the coach they matter more than the coach they have all the power correct. they matter it's john matters more than the grizzlies i mean yeah. in the league john matters more than the grizzlies that's just true um uh anyway so that was a that, that was interesting i i sort of you know attempted to take a little bit a pulse of the fan base and first of all i was struck by I walked up to people who clearly, you know, were invested in John one way or another. They were wearing John jerseys. They had signs about John, whatever. The first three groups I talked to all had come from out of town to see John. Literally had bought their tickets long ago and had come from out of town to see John. There was a couple who driven 11 hours from Romulus, Michigan, to see John. There was a couple. There was a family that had gotten themselves tickets to see the Grizzlies. Um, the big Jaw fans. They live in Illinois. Their Christmas presents, sort of to each other, mom, dad, two kids, uh, was a, a ticket were tickets to see Grizzlies and Jaw. And then a kid from Middle Tennessee, who for Valentine's Day, his parents gave him tickets to see Jaw, ten year old, uh, from from Middle Tennessee. Literally the first. And it, it suggests, by the way, I, I don't think I got the only three people who would come on that specific night to see Ja. And it would honestly come from far away to see Ja. It's, it's true that a Warriors game is more a circle to date, let's go see this, than a you know, game against Orlando Magic. But it was kind of striking. The other striking thing was how everybody says the same thing. It's, it's the obvious thing. It's he... Yes, he screwed up. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed we spent all this money to come see John. Like, the, 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 and, then, and then he did this. But I just wish him the best. 
you know, that, that's it. Like, it's it's not, and I'll hate him forever. And it's like, God, I hope he, I hope he gets help. And he, like, this isn't really that complicated. You can listen to Talking Heads with all their various perspectives on this. But there are two things that are just 100% true. A, he screwed up. B, everyone in the world hopes he, you know, finds his way out of this. It's, it's really not complicated. And it was striking to see last night. Um, the, other, the other thing that sort of unfolded was Dylan in his walk-off interview, when asked about Ja, he said something to the effect of, this is the group that we got till the playoffs. And that caused some alarm in Grizzlies fans. I immediately got uh, people tweeting me saying, please ask about either Dylan or Taylor Jenkins about that comment for some clarification. So I asked them both. Uh, I asked Taylor Jenkins about it, and he said, yeah, it was just a, it was just a comment in passing. It was the old, we got who we got, we're going to win with who we got. Yeah. You know, there was some version of that. It wasn't a, hey, I'm, I'm telling you here uh, something that the coach did not, which is that I know, I, Dylan Brooks, know that John won't be returning until the playoffs. That was not what that was. And, uh, and, and, and both Taylor Jenkins reiterated that. And Dylan Brooks reiterated that. How much talk on the national broadcast was there about Ja? There was obviously the report that it will be up to Adam. If the NBA does Yeah, there's does Jared anything, Greenberg's report, yeah. It will be Adam Silver who decides exclusively. That's, I mean, uh, unilaterally. So is that the I, don't, idea? I don't know if I would say that that was how it was reported. Essentially what he said was inevitably it could be up to Adam Silver to make the decision. Uh, I'll say this. It feels to me like, without knowing the particulars, that the Grizzlies are embarked on an objectively reasonable process with John Moran. They've suspended him, I said without saying so. Um, they've, they've made it clear it's not just going to be two games, now it's going to be at least six total. Um, and he has to address some things about his behavior before he returns. I think it's very possible still. I'm not ruling out the idea that the league might step in. Uh, but I also think it's entirely reasonable that the league might say, you know what? We see this process that you have outlined. Knock yourself out. Right? And, and, and we don't have anything to add. You know, we, 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 I think that's an entirely... Uh, within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think it's also possible that the league will agree with what Memphis is doing, but Greenberg's report also included the fact that he could be suspended and essentially the league would make it, like, essentially the league would fine him game checks for the games that he missed, but that they would sign off on what the Grizzlies have done. Yeah. Um... So that was the job. Oh, then, then the additional news was we asked uh, both Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks sort of about when the last time they'd heard from Ja was, and they both said, oh, just now. Like what we like, – yeah. uh, 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 Desmond Bain said, I just texted him. He wished us well. Um, he's, you know, he was good, good hooping, was happy about the win. And uh, Dylan said essentially the same thing. He said that, that Ja had called Jaron – and that he group texts the group um, every single day with encouraging words and whatnot. And I don't, again, I don't think it's surprising that uh, is, is, you know, he's not on a dark, in a dark room retreat. I don't think it's surprising that he would be engaged in what the Grizz, with what the Grizzlies are doing and wishing them well. But I do still find it reassuring to at least hear that, to know that wherever the hell he may be doing whatever he's, you know, doing, embarked on whatever journey he's embarked on, John Morant is, uh, you know, continuing to be invested in the Grizzlies and encouraging the Grizzlies. Um, the way it was phrased in the locker room was, this is still his team. It will always be his team. Um, so that was the news on the John Morant front. The news on the Dylan Brooks front was just spectacular. And you're willing to, you are willing to accept apologies for people who took uh, Draymond Green's side uh, yesterday yeah, kind of including me for for um, thirteen dur- hours only during for the, during the podcast dispute. 
it was not a perfect game for Dylan, and there were certainly times when you groaned when he shot the freaking ball. But he was tremendous. Uh, I mean, blocking down Steph. He asked him. He asked to be matched minutes with Steph. Um, that that baseline play where he swatted it away from Steph was just magnificent. Uh, the time when he outraced Clay to the ball, which we just heard that and, and, and got the dunk. Um, and then, of course, going right at Draymond, um, scoring, and then getting in his face. And there was that tremendous moment when they are going face-to-face. I was a little surprised that there weren't double technicals there. Um, but, uh, but that happened. And, uh, honestly, a bunch of assists when they needed it, like, and, and so there were various times you're like, if, if, if Dylan would just stick to irritating them out of, uh, out of, of opponents and, uh, and, and playing entirely within, within himself, uh, he would be, he, he would, he would be not the polarizing figure that he is even in Memphis, but my God, they loved him last night. Your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I actually think for the most part this year he has been I, – I, I don't think he's been jacking up as many shots. The problem with Dylan is every time he shoots and misses, everyone has a reaction. Everyone, right, you know, exactly. Yeah, but he, yeah, well, what did he shoot last night? He was 6 of 15. Right. Um, which is – and what was he from three? He finally hit that one deep three. Yeah, and he was one for seven from three. I mean, that's kind of the yeah, other problem that's is – the problem. It's but, one from seven for three. But if you like, actually well, think about most of the – like, he's missing. There's no question. He is deeply struggling. But most of the times when he's been taking shots and missing that's been frustrating, they've the been shot. wide open. Not, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, he clearly got in there. He clearly was, was in their heads. And then we had everything that happened afterwards when uh, the very nauseating Trayvon Green was asked about the Grizzlies – Trigger warning here. We have two different clips. Um, one when, when Draymond was – first, let's play the one. This is Draymond being asked uh, about the play uh, where he and Dylan Brooks ended up face-to-face. By face by face. I get technical fouls when I want to get a technical foul. I don't get baited into technical fouls. So I think that's probably the difference in between me and him. If I do that to him, it would be a double tech because he'd respond. But it's not a double tech because I didn't respond, you know. So one of us are baitable, one of us aren't. And that's just kind of how it goes. So smart, Jeff. Such a, a he, mental tactician. He is a genius. He is a just ask him. genius. Just ask him. That is such. He sucks. This is the problem that I have with all y'all. And again, you have 11 <laughs> hours. But just Jeez, because you're frustrated at your team... And all of a sudden, you want to get on the bandwagon of someone ripping your team? You let this a-hole rip your team and cheer him? How dare you? Uh, there was a, another moment when he talked about, uh, the, was asked about the rivalry. Uh, if you're going to want to throw up, here's another uh, nauseating soundbite from, from Draymond Green. One team has to win. And then another team has to win. Then, like, that's what creates a rivalry. Not because one team gets up for you and talk like they can beat you and then not. That doesn't create a rivalry. Rivalries are created by you win, I win. And clearly we won four times, and I think their organization has zero championships. So I can't consider that a rivalry. You say win, you ain't talking about in, in March. You're talking about. Oh, I mean, anybody can win in March. Anybody can win in March. What that mean? I have a hard time getting out of my bed in March. And they're, 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 I'll be honest. They're struggling to win in March. Um, uh, a, he and B, sucks. God, he and B, sucks. And B, doesn't it, like, is it, doesn't it count that the Grizzlies eliminated them too? Like, if the definition is I win one, then you win one. Right, which is the Draymond Green definition. Doesn't the fact that the Grizzlies bounced them from the playoffs two years ago count for anything? Well, and like furthermore, it's... don't forget during that game, Draymond had a wide open look and he froze. 
Remember, he was like at the free throw line. He could have like essentially right. gone and laid it in, but he froze and he lost them the game because it went to overtime and then the Grizzlies won. But you also have to remember the most important fact about the Golden State Warriors, Jeff. Facts really don't matter. It's whatever they say is true is true. Whether it's the what? stupid code, whether it's Draymond just, you know, all the sudden, <laughs> like, you know, with the fact that he favorite. was talking I about. be my favorite Jeffrey Wright. Listen, Jeffrey Wright making me big money in the fall, turning my $1,000 into $2,000. That's probably my mm-hmm. favorite Jeffrey Wright. But Jeffrey going off on the Warriors uh, is a close is a close second. It was um, it was delightful. It, it, you're right, though. Like, Draymond is the one talking about whether he is liked by his team, but whether Dylan is liked by his teammates when there is literally video of Draymond Green assaulting one of his teammates. Correct. Assaulting one of his teammates. And, and, and when he has a history of cheap shot after cheap shot after cheap shot. The truth of the matter is, uh, the, the reason he, he gets people think he's funny is because he can point to the four rings. That's just it. And, and, and some of them, he, you know, he did have a role in. And I, I can see and that. I, I mean, not. I give him credit. He does have a personality. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dylan, we waited forever. I ended up going to bed last night at 2 in the morning because we waited forever to talk to Dylan. Uh, we'll just play this for a while. I, I talked to Dylan for a good long while about uh, about everything, as you will hear. And uh, and some of what he said was just kind of nutty, and some of what he said was fantastic. He also said, not included here, I don't think, is this bit about he has a clown shirt, and he was going to wear it last night, a shirt with a clown on it, because because Draymond had called him a clown. But anyway, here is uh, here's a little Dylan the villain. I kind of wanted that play. You know, um, just to see what he was gonna say, but he took the media media approach, you know, with that, and um, didn't say none, uh, which is cool because you know, I was expecting him to talk a little more. Um, but I guess he needs to, you know, get all his facts together and, and talk. Did did that? Was this satisfying? Huh? Was no, it? not yet. Not no. yet. Not we yet. Wanna, we what wanna, will be? We want to see them in the playoffs, you know. Um, you know, get get our get back. Um, but we'll see, you know, how the season and the season transpires. Did you actually listen to that, to the two minutes or whatever it was? Yeah, my teammate showed me. I don't really watch. Right, I know you're things. not on social media. You Your teammate I mean? showed it, showed it yeah, to you. Yeah, he showed me. And then, you know, I watched the whole thing. Um, it was some, it was some funny stuff, you know. Um, uh, not a championship player. Um... You know, I feel like my stuff that I said was facts, and we'll see at the end of the year what they do with him. Um, but you know, does um, it piss you off? Does it? I mean, no, it, no, no, because I know I'm a better player than him. I can do the same stuff like he does. That's easy. You know, that's just showing up to work. Me, you know, I try to score. I figure out, try to figure out plays. I try to call plays for my team. You know, so just the fact that you know he was trying to you know pin my teammates against me that's a low blow. So you know. And that's what type of player he is. And, you, and you're secure, obviously, that your teammates. You guys ran together. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, these are my guys. You know, we grew we grew it all together. You know, I ain't out there, you know, getting the physical altercations with my teammates. You know, I sit there and talk to them, try to, you know, um, you know, not break them down, but, you know, build them up. Never and, decked one of them? No. Never. <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 much, as much as I want to, you know, um, <laughs> You know, I know being being trying to be the best leader as possible, trying to you know, get my point across, you know, even with guys that, you know, are solidified or whatnot. You know, I've tried to find ways to, you know, be the best leader. Your other favorite plays, that was your favorite play, was it? The, but the one you swatted uh, Steph on the, on the on the baseline, that was yeah. pretty good, like and that one? Yeah, and then just talking with Steph, you know. Um, with him or at him? Yeah, no, just with him. You uh-huh. know, we, were, we were having great dialogue we out were. there. Uh, you know, I was telling him he can't take me one on one. That's my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> what's, he, what's he saying back? What is uh, he was just, he was just, he was just laughing. You know, but he knows he needs a he needs a ball screen. Do they forget that you knocked that you guys beat him in the playing two weeks two years? No, I mean, they, it's as if they, that don't, they don't ever forget when they won the championship. They were talking about us. 
we you know they don't ever forget who the Memphis Grizzlies are. Um, you know they get up and they can't wait to play us. But Draymond just told us it's not a rivalry. He said basically they have four championships, y'all don't have any. So it's I know not he should he should never talk. He's making it a rivalry, and you know um, I just you know using my name to get his podcast up. He should he should at least say thank you. When, when when you said on the walk off interview, you said this is uh, you, these are our guys. Do you mean that you know you aren't going to get your job back until the playoffs, or just mean this is what, what did that? What did you mean by that when you said that this I'm, is who we got? I'm saying worst case scenario, you know, uh, whatever happens with Ja, uh, you know, we're ready for it. You know, we always got his back regardless of what happens. Um, but you know, I'm just worried about what's going on right now. Is there because of? everything that's happened even more of a foxhole everybody has each other's back mentality in this locker room than there even has been yeah. or is that the um you know coach always talks to us about you know how do we handle adversity as an individual as a team um and you know we never expected you know things to happen seasons ups and downs um and you know that's why you know we come to work we like coming to work it's not even work for us you know, it's like AAU um, you know, we, we each one of each other have each other's backs. You know, we always are together off the court. I think I got it. All right. Uh, well, shoot me yes. Anyway, uh, that was Dylan Brooks. What uh, I what I thought was particularly sly was when he said something like, "I don't know if anyone caught this," but he said. We'll see what they do with him at the end of this year. Yeah. So that, that was that was an allusion to the fact that they're both unrestricted free agents at the end of this year, and the Warriors may end up not paying Draymond what he wants and essentially cutting him loose. Um, so that was sort of a a, a, a dig. Um, I do think his comment about. Um, that it was a low blow yep. for Draymond to try to pit me against my teammates. It's not the first low blow that, um, mm-hmm. that Draymond is No, it's actually, for. Jeff, some are saying it's his base offense. <laughs> some would say. And I thought that was, it was. And by the way, it was not an accident, I don't think, that for the walk-off interview, uh, Dylan was there with teammates. It was teammates were with him. Um, and I think that was... Uh, partly to to send a little bit of a sign. Um, yeah, I actually it was thought certainly eventful. What'd you think? You know, during the the hoopla of Draymond's whatever the clip that went viral, I actually kind of had the suspicion Dylan Brooks. I think has a sense of humor, and for the most part, I you know I think he can kind of take a joke. I actually had the suspicion the comment that would that would irk him the most and the one that would probably get to him was you know what are what are they going to do with you you know and, and your teammates don't even like you and i think we sh- i think what dylan kind of showed there is that really was the only comments that bothered him yeah i think that yes there's no question that was the and the, i mean the other thing the, is like you know and that, would, with, and that would bother you you know yeah. that would bother you and you then know, finally I, I, you know the draymond protest you know the draymond doth protest too much like in the end, Draymond, they the Warriors' go-to move is the this isn't a rivalry. Yet they never stop talking about the Grizzlies. Right. It's it is a hundred percent true that it is not a these are not equivalent franchises. One hundred percent. But that's not the argument. And but 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 honestly, like if you look at the Warriors right now, who then would be their rival? They would have no rival because there's no one who has recently stacked titles like the Warriors have stacked titles, right? Um, their only so. rival would be LeBron. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that's just a different guess, thing. Right. So, um, so no, it, it, is not a, it is not an even rivalry. Uh, the Warriors have historically the upper hand and have most recently the upper hand. Um, but the notion that there isn't some extra juice here is insane. I mean, it's just you just see it with your eyeballs. Of course, there is. It's crazy, um, and you're right. Now, protest is too much. Uh, so, uh, Jason Smith is going to join us in the next segment. I'm going to duck out and rejoin Jeffrey 
uh, in the second hour. It's going to be Jason Smith and then Chris Harrington, and then I will be back as I make my way across Arkansas and Texas on the way to Dickey's Arena. Uh, if you want to celebrate the victory, and I suggest you should, I actually got a nice tweet from someone yesterday who found themselves a bounty on Broad and thanked me for the recommendations. Uh, and, uh, and once again, this person didn't eat fried oysters, which is unfortunate. They just don't, because that is literally the best fried oysters I've ever put in my mouth at Bounty on Broad. But they got the Brussels. Brussels were, were spot on. Uh, and listen, the pork shank's fantastic. The Angus uh, steak is absolutely delicious. The brunch is wonderful. Uh, go and stroll down Broad Avenue and, uh, and, and duck in and see Milo the Bernice, Bernice Mountain Dog at Tom Clifton Art Gallery. Then swing back and uh, and uh, get yourself something delicious uh, and celebrate the weekend at Bounty on Broad. 410 410-813-1, is the phone number, 2519 Broad Avenue. we got Jason Smith coming up next, then Chris Harrington. It is Jeff Gawkins' show on a Friday, 92.9 FM News. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Trista Crick with BetQL. Just because a team has an incredible record straight up doesn't mean that they're the best bet on the board. Take the Boston Bruins, by far the best team in hockey at 49-8. and eight. But it's Philadelphia who is making people truckloads of money because they're 41-22 and 22 against the spread. The Flyers aren't a better team than the Bruins, but they are a better bet. The best teams are not always the best bets, but the best bets often surprise you. I'm Trista Crick, helping you beat the books. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If thrilling slot machine action is your game, the all-new Southland Casino Hotel is just the place. With a two-and-a-half football field-long casino floor, Southland offers the most Buffalo and Dragon Link slot machines in the Mid-South. Our new Buffalo range section is home to hundreds of the most popular Buffalo slot titles. Plus, we feature Dragon Link, Dragon Cash, and other fiery favorites. With 2,400 machines to choose from, slot some time in your day for Southland. Plan your trip at southlandcasino.com. Must be 21 plus. Play responsibly. For help quitting, call 800-522-4700. At Kroger, we want our fresh produce to meet your expectations, which is why we're dedicated to doing up to a 27-point inspection on our fruits and veggies, checking for things like scarring. In fact, only the best produce like zesty oranges and crisp carrots reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh, our higher standards mean fresher produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You can earn four times the fuel points on all produce, floral, deli, and bakery items through March 14th. Simply clip your digital coupon and save more at the pump today. Restrictions may apply. From brilliant to beautiful, we've heard lots of words used to describe the Sissy's Log Cabin experience, but we think one sums it up best. Extraordinary. Here, you'll find an unparalleled selection, impeccable service, and an experience that makes you feel like family. Shop online at sissyslogcabin.com or stop by one of our six locations. Find your trusted jeweler for a lifetime only at Sissy's Log Cabin because life's too short for ordinary jewelry. Hey, who's my first ever Sunrise Buick GMC truck? Thinking about buying a new or used car or truck? Remember, the selection's better and the savings are bigger at Sunrise. Over 600 new cars and trucks to choose from. Factory rebates up to $1,000 and interest rates low as 2.9. Bad credit? It's okay. At Sunrise, we've got a financing plan for everybody. SunriseMemphis.com. We're saving you money. It's just the way you're doing business. Coming to Pike, Old Chase, and Collierville. We make it fun to buy a car again. Check out the all-new Sunrise Truck Corral. Huge selection of nothing but trucks. All makes, all models, all prices. How do you know I have three sons? You know where my three sons and I all go for our dentist needs? Of course we go see Dr. Medi Sadegi. Of course we do. We have been for years. Visiting the Smile Center makes going to the dentist actually a pleasure. Teeth well taken care of for, and it is a delight. 
to go see him. He and his clinical staff have all been vaccinated. You can go see him for yourself. Just call 309-1333, 309-133, located 1941 South Germantown Road in Germantown near Saddle Creek. Visit SmileCenterMemphis.com. Hey, guys, this is Kenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with Auto Trader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on Auto Trader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. Auto Trader. Hey, Brad. I thought you had a date. Hey, Mom. She just left. Using my phone for a Wi-Fi hotspot backfired again. I keep telling you to get Xfinity. What happened? Everything was great until the movie started buffering. Then she started asking questions like, why are you using bedsheets for curtains? Why is this hamster cage so dirty? Where is your hamster? Oh, honey, it might be time for real Wi-Fi. Yeah. In the meantime, can I come use the Wi-Fi at your place? Sorry, baby. Date night's still on for one of us. It's time for real home internet. Get fast home internet on the Xfinity 10G network. The future starts now. New customers can get 200 megabit Xfinity internet and Xfinity mobile for just $50 a month for two years during our Xfinity 10G network launch celebration. Now through March 21st. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G to learn more. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and devices. Actual speeds vary. Xfinity mobile requires Xfinity internet service. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of data usage. Data thresholds may vary. BetMG. The king of sportsbooks unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Must be 21 years or older? Must be in Tennessee. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make your appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for a full list of terms and conditions, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today's special guest host, Jeffrey Wright. Jason Smith is the co-host of the Jason and John Show weekdays right here on 92.9 FM ESPN from 11 until 2. Kind enough to join us on the program each and every Friday. Jason, we spoke yesterday afternoon about last night. I'd say that went about as well as expected. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. It was exciting to watch, and and I'll tell you what, Dylan Brooks performed uh, certainly in a way that you would uh, you could only have hoped for. I know the shooting wasn't there, but everything else he gave you uh, was. What do you end up, like plus 22 as well, plus something like that? Let's um, see. I've got it right here. Yep, plus 22. Yeah, Nailed it. You, you add it all up, and especially the attitude, the way you know he kept talking, and, and to a point where those guys shut up, uh, the way he sort of literally faced through the underarm stench of Draymond, just kind of plowed through last night in that business-like fashion, and then sends those – those nice little shots from the locker room. Just a, you know, the concern, like we talked about yesterday, was is Dylan going to play for Dylan or is he going to play for the Grizzlies uh, tonight when they hook up after Draymond sets the stage? And uh, clearly that was a Dylan uh, looking to make a statement, yeah, but a Dylan that was, uh, what, the six assists? I think he had zero turnovers. He played team ball even though the shot wasn't there. And there have been times, too many this season, where you haven't had enough on both ends. It's, you know... We've come to expect an inefficient Dylan offensively, but when he's not elite defensively, it really hurts you. And I thought last night, from the attitude all the way down to the, the way he played Steph, um, he was fantastic. So great response by – I mean, come on. You beat them without John Morant, without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark. Uh, at the end of the day, Draymond sounded pretty silly talking about it's not a, not a rivalry. Uh, you shouldn't be talking at all after losing to a Grizz team that shorthanded. Yeah, I, I felt like it was a reminder of, yes, this team was certainly at 
you know, borderline crisis point. But it's also a reminder, it's still a good basketball team, and this team is dramatically different at home. Oh, that's the key. Is that I mean, it, listen, their 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 bench was outstanding. Santi Aldama gives you fifteen and seven, and, and that's the key. I mean, Conchar's giving you eight, Canard's giving you six, and you're getting bench contributions. The role players, as cliche as it is, it's so true. Uh, they're better at home, and they have been all season long for the Grizzlies. So when you're you're getting those kind of contributions uh, at home, and you've come to expect at this point second best record at home in the NBA. Um, yeah, man, it was good to see. It was good to see the entire response. I thought Dylan kind of leading the way. Jaron Jackson, you know, even through some foul trouble, finished with four fouls, still thought he played a great game. Uh, he was, you know, lead you with the, the you know, 21 points, nine rebounds. You Everything that you had hoped would happen, even though, to your point, you're right there in, in seemingly a little bit of disarray, did. And so it's a, it's a good first step, and I guess we get the rematch of the final game of the of the four-game regular season series next Saturday and be just looking just as forward. That's a good thing is you, you sort of – you keep Golden State pushed back. It's their eighth straight road loss. Um, they've got questions to ask themselves. And for you, yes, it's a good first step into still a bunch of unknowns in terms of Ja Morant, you know, Stephen Adams. Are you getting him back to the playoffs? And that was sort of scary to hear Dylan say. I know he clarified with Jeff later. But it was sort of scary to hear him say in that – immediate post game right after this is what we got going in the you know for the play for for the rest of the way and thinking whoa whoa is he saying no job and and so i i don't think any of us are expecting that uh, and he certainly seemed to clarify you know i was speaking in worst case scenario terms but other than that thought there were nothing but positives on the night yeah it, it's almost like you have to speak fluent dylan because if you if you do bit. like listen to the words like i can understand why people took that a certain way like that's literally what he said but you kind of have to like realize like Dylan's not really what I would call a long-range planner I feel like Dylan pretty much lives in the moment I, I what I I liked it and I was listening to, to, to Jeff's basic interview of Dylan in the locker room selling like he was the only one getting the questions is was that was that Dylan said he told he did that purposely in terms of the interview with ESPN and put the stuff on Draymond just to see how he would react. I mean, that, that indicates a little bit of long-term planning. Now, that could that's easier said uh, after you've just won and played pretty well and uh, uh, had a night like they did. But I wonder if, uh, if Dylan didn't put a little long-term plan that, into that one. He was certainly under their skin uh, last night. I, that said, um, listen, I still thought it was unnecessary, you know, calling him out, but it added to the drama, and, and, and you got to – you got to give Dylan credit, man. He backed up his words last night. Yeah, I was fine with them clapping back because in the end, you know, like that's kind of how it's working. And also, Jason, we got a new Taylor Jenkinsism yesterday. This Which is one not, was that? This is not trash talk, Jason. Oh, I saw your tweet. Ba- this uh, is competitive, competitive banter. banter. Yes. Competitive mm-hmm. banter. I love Taylor Jenkins mm-hmm. and his ability to, to come up with these these uh, these Jenkinisms. No, I, 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 you know, this morning it literally let off first take. Uh, are the Grizzlies and, and Warriors a rivalry? And, and listen, I realize too that Draymond is asked about that. He doesn't. I, I believe he doesn't. He didn't just volunteer the rivalry talk and look to you know sort of squash it out. But this is clearly when you talk about two teams that can't stand each other, you're not seeing this anywhere else in the NBA. And listen, it's not just words off the court. You literally see it in in sort of Dylan Brooks's willingness to. Let Draymond, you know, try to bait him into that technical foul, like going to those links. There's nothing else like it. And I realize, no, you're, you're not, and you probably never will be on a, on a level of, well, you got to have four titles to be a rival. Uh, it doesn't take that. You know, this is, if you want to call it, you know, a budding rivalry, whatever, in the sense that, you know, the Grizzlies haven't done anything yet in the grand scheme of things in terms of winning a title. That's fine, but it's clearly a rivalry, and that is, yeah, like Jeff said, you can see that with your eyeballs in terms of uh, how much these two teams don't like each other. There is nothing else like it in the NBA, and it's must-see television every time the two go against each other. It's a rivalry, but if you're going to use you know, Draymond's terms to define it, it, it would never be one. But it's certain that you can see that it is one and how much those Golden State players care uh, and talk about Memphis afterwards. Yeah, I think the other thing – that got kind of lost in Dylan's comments. I think it was very interesting that he singled out Draymond and that he called out Draymond and whatnot. Because to me, 
while maybe I agree with him, like I just don't I, – I think Draymond's a good player. I do not think Draymond is – would be a Hall of Famer if the Kings would have drafted him. I just don't. Like I, I don't think – I don't think he is the type of player that wherever he goes – Steph Curry could have gone to all 30 franchises and would have been Steph Curry. I, I do not think that's the case with Draymond. I also thought it was very interesting, though, the one that Dylan was willing to go at was Draymond. Because to me, that kind of tells you what other players actually think about Draymond as a basketball player. Well, I, listen, Draymond's on the decline. There's no question. And we can pick it how much, you know, we can pick it where he is now. What do you, he ended up with seven assists last night. But what's clear is he's still an integral part of that team. Now, where he gets him is, you know, Dylan pointed out, like, what are they going to do with you next year? looks like they're... Yep. They're moving on from you. But but to me, I'll be honest with you, it's still punching up, Jeffrey. I, I, oh, listen, sure. I love what he said, and you can say it's factual, and certainly at this point in Draymond's career, there are nights where he's completely ineffective. He's arguing with Poole about not throwing him the ball, a guy that he hit in the preseason. But in the end, the dude does have He got four benched titles. in the finals. Let's also be clear on this. Like That's well, the he, other thing, yeah. There's, there's, no, there, there's no question about the, all that. But in the end, and, and listen, I like it, and especially if you're going to back it up and win. But in the end, it's still punching up for yep. Dylan Brooks in the same way that Pat Bev was punching up when he said Chris Paul ain't all that. For sure. And so, listen, listen, I'm, I'm not going to sit here on a day where Dylan was fantastic and, and criticize him in the least bit because he backed it up last night. But that's my point is like, yeah, it's factual. Yeah, Draymond's on the, on the downside. And, yeah, it looks like Golden State's ready to move on. But in the end, he's a, he's a former defensive player of the year four-time champ. He's certainly been a part of it. It'd be a different thing if he's just a role player on this team and doing nothing for them. Uh, but Draymond's earned his stripes as much as I hate to admit it. And in the end, I, I, I don't, you know, other than adding an intensity that we love in terms of watching this, I'm not sure what the, what the punching up does for you. Just play ball. Yeah, listen, let Draymond clap at you. Like he said last night, it makes you play better. Hopefully it keeps happening. Did last night change anything about how you feel about this team? No. No, because, again, like I said, it's still cloudy in terms of with John. If you're talking about winning a playoff series where you've got to go out on the road, um, you know, I, I, I still, you still have question marks, and particularly when it comes to, okay, you're, you're taking a key piece off the bench in Tyus Jones and making him a starter, you know, if, if you don't have John Moran here down the stretch. And, listen, that, that takes away from a, a bench that's when you've gone out of the road, essentially is giving you nothing. And so – Listen, without the ability to, to go small with Brandon Clark and that option is as reliable as that's been, all those question marks are still there. So last night's win's good, uh, and it keeps up the, you know, the, the narrative that, man, if you, if you can hold on to this top four seed, you know, and it's, you know, with this Kevin Durant news, that I suppose that looks even better uh, for the Grizzlies in terms of doing that. Uh, whether it's three, whether it's four, whether it's two, as long as you've got home court advantage, uh, you, you give yourself a chance in the playoffs if you've uh, hopefully got John Morant back by then. But, but to your question, does it change anything about the season? No. Grizzlies are, are great at home. Second best record in the NBA. That, that didn't, nothing changed after last night. They just, in fact, you know, stamped that again. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you completely. Like, in the end, the playoff questions are still going to be there. Like, front court depth. You know, how does this team in the half court? Nothing about last night changed any of that the only thing I thought that was important about last night I did feel like this team needed I thought they needed like something positive they needed a good moment to kind of stop the skid if you will like you know what I mean it's it's I think you're right you know when you said last you know when I when you said yesterday the type of devastating type week this has been I thought it was important to like turn it around well and maybe to keep this to help keep this level of Dylan Brooks, the the one that you saw last night. You know that team surrounding him afterwards. I can't. You guys were talking about it in the first segment. Uh, it, it 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 sort of struck me too, right in that post game interview immediately. And I know that's tradition for the Grizzlies to do that uh, to come around their guys when they're getting that post game interview. But it felt a little bit different in the sense that. You know, and, and, and Dylan pointed that out in the postgame interview. Draymond tried to pit him against his teammates. I don't even know if they like you over there. And so clearly there was a little bit of a, a galvanization, whatever it was, but a statement by the rest of his team afterwards, no, no we got him. And, and you heard Dylan Brooks say these are my guys afterwards. And so in terms of, because I was talking with, you know, Jeffrey, that was the concern 
you know, yesterday I was talking with you about it. About what kind of Dylan are you going to get the rest of the way with him seeing that the Grizzlies clearly tried to upgrade, having been booed with his, you know, the struggles that we've seen literally night after night. You know, get a Dylan, like we said, that was playing for himself or playing for team. And last night he showed you, yeah, I'll do team still, you know, and I'm going to be elite defensively. But you also saw from the rest of the guys, he's our guy. And maybe it's in sort of keeping Dylan right in that right mindset because you, you know it can, it can drift from night to night. That helps, you know, that rest of the team putting their arms around him last night. And so if you are, yeah, if we're trying to sort of uh, uh, spin a positive narrative out of this in terms of looking forward, it's maybe that you get a Dylan Brooks that's locked in and feeling like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give this team everything I have. I'm not thinking about myself or free agency. Um, I'm going to avoid technical fouls because I don't need two more to get uh, suspended another game. You know, that's what you need if this team's going to hold on here down the stretch with all these question marks. You need a locked-in Dylan Brooks. Hopefully that, that, that last night that team put their arms around him uh, can be part of keeping him there. Tigers begin the AAC tournament tonight. They take on UCF. I believe the game is scheduled for seven. I'm always unclear when it's conference tournament. It feels like it could be seven or it could be like 745. But as the Tigers begin this weekend, Kind of how are you, how are you sizing up? Because to me, the thing that's interesting is this feels like the first conference tournament with Penny Hardaway, where really the result doesn't matter. And, and to me, like I think that's interesting because I think it could probably free them up a little bit. Possibly, I, I'm still I'm still I've there. You got to get past tonight because these UCF games, for whatever reason, as bad as they've been, the UCF team's been as low as being sweep, swept by South Florida. Uh, this year, for whatever reason, they played you tight as it gets this this year. And so, uh, uh, you know, my 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 initial uh, uh, impression on this is not to literally not to look past this game. I think this game could possibly be tougher for them than Tulane because if you look at things like we talked about yesterday, I have no concern about that Tulane matchup whatsoever. Yes, it's been tough for Memphis. You lost both games, but essentially the same thing happened last year with SMU. Uh, if Penny Hardaway's got a third crack. Just have a hard time seeing uh, a Memphis team losing to the same team three times in the same season, unless it's the Houston Cougars, number one in the country. So that said, for again, t- you know, this Hendricks kid, Taylor Hendricks, the freshman for UCF, that's probably might be a lottery pick. Definitely looks like a first round pick. That that's a guy because of that NBA level talent, and he was good yesterday. Uh, who can hurt you? And so um, my whole thing is get past tonight. Uh, again, you're gonna, you know, you're 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 on a neutral court for the first time in a while. You know, yes, you'll have some fans down there with it being in Fort Worth, but it's not gonna be like any road environment, a home environment. You're gonna have to create your own energy early. We saw it with the women. Now, look, again, it won't be as sparse as that was, but yeah. my point is, you get into there in what's essentially an open arena, and those shots don't fall early. That kind of thing happens. You're that you find yourself down to half. And I just think, much like these, uh. These two have been, it's going to be a battle. And my whole thing is, yeah, we can look big picture and we expect to, you know, this, this is a tournament team. Um, but, but let's not, let's not make anything any, uh, any more dramatic than they need to be by going ahead and getting past tonight. I think, uh, I think they could have their work cut out for them. Hopefully it's a good Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams day. It's not as, uh, not as tough as those two in the regular season were. Uh, what were they? I mean, decided by four points combined. I think UCF won by three down there and, the one here was by one on the yep. On it's the three, there, three, late. and then yes, three yeah, and one, four, four combined. And so, just get through UCF, you know, and maybe this is it for for Dawkins with with them going down. Maybe this is actually the the nail of his coffin down there. Seven years, just one tournament appearance, uh, and then we'll move on. And I, I would think play Tulane tomorrow. And and then yes, to your point, Jeffrey. I know I, I got long winded there in terms of what I'm looking at, but that it is tonight. It's it's really focusing on tonight. But yeah, long range, it doesn't. That Houston game, in terms of what it'll give you, that game's so late. I highly doubt anything moves Memphis up two seed lines. Yeah. If you win, it doesn't. They probably maybe got a spot reserved for you uh, at one seed line up if you win. But ultimately, it, it won't hurt you if you lose. And uh, this will be a tournament. You know, on Sunday we'll be all locked in to see where they're headed in terms of the uh, the NCAA tournament. Just when you can talk about the big dance uh, exactly. on a regular basis in Memphis. That's that's what it's supposed to be like around here. Well, and it's nice to. You know, the drama on Sunday is likely going to be where are they going, not exactly. are they there. Exactly. We appreciate it. Jason, we appreciate it. Have a good weekend, brother. That is Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show. When we come back, Chris Harrington joins the program. We'll get his thoughts on last night's Grizzlies game. We do that next right here 
on the Jeff Calkins Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to Refunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based on incomplete or outdated information. So don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll